Hi, I'm Juan Pons of the Alpha Mirrorless Show here on the TWIP Network, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com and use the promo code TWIP. TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease. This is TWIP, episode 453, Hot New DSLRs. If you've been listening to TWIP over the years, you probably know how we feel about the relatively slow pace of innovation in the mirrored camera space, also known as the DSLR. To reiterate, I personally love Canon and Nikon, and I still own a bunch of Nikon gear, including many lenses and strobes, but now I primarily shoot Panasonic Lumix gear. And part of the reasoning is that the innovations and tools that mirrorless technology gives me fits better with the kind of media creation, and that includes stills and video, etc., that I personally enjoy. Enter Pentax, a company that Ricoh acquired back in 2011 for $124 million has announced a brand new DSLR with many features not found on any mainstream camera, mirrored or mirrorless. Also, Canon has refreshed its DSLR lineup with the 80D, as well as new glass and some accessories that are squarely aimed at video creation. In this episode, Shiv Verma and Tim Engel join me to discuss these latest entrants into the DSLR space, Shiv shoots Lumix mirrorless and Tim shoots Nikon DSLR. Their contrasting and occasionally synchronous opinions on the topic are very thought-provoking. It's Monday, February 22nd, 2016, and this is TWIP. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson, here with me to discuss a few of the more interesting stories affecting you and me and other photographers this week. I'm joined by Mr. Shiv Verma of shivvermaphotography.com. Hey, Shiv, what's going on? Hey, the usual, just lots of travel and lots of fun. Uh, I love it. You know, those are two things that I can get my brain around, travel and fun. If you sprinkle in some photography in there, oh, it's all hey, good. Uh, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> all right, we're going to talk it's about done. that. All right, also on the show is Mr. Tim Engel from englephoto.com. Hey, Mr. Engel, how are you doing? Good, Frederick. Thanks for having me back. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're without your trusty sidekick. Every time I see you, yep. I don't want to. I better not call her a sidekick. She's she. You are more her sidekick than she's. she's there you go, sidekick. Christine. Yeah, my partner in uh, crime on stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she lets you out of the corral to do a show without without her. Huh? Well, yeah, and she's getting ready for something we can talk about later. So yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. All right. For, before we dive in, she, you, so you mentioned you kind of teased that you're running the globe. I always like to talk to you because you're you're always going new and exciting <laughs> places. I always call you the James Bond of photography. Where where are you going next to solve crimes and fight evil? Oh, actually, you know the the next one is uh, the next major ones. Uh, we're doing Smoky Mountains uh, for the big, uh, I, I don't know how to really define it, but they have a festival and it's called the Wildflower Festival. Okay. And it's probably one of the nicest opportunities to not only get in the landscapes, but also to get in the wildflowers that exist in the mountains. So it's it's a beautiful time of year. So we're going to do one week over there. Uh, and then uh, coming to your neck of the woods. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, to, to, Where? 
doing Yosemite, doing Mono Lake, Bodhi, and uh, the uh, Bristle Cones. Oh, mm. nice. I have never yeah. been to Mono Lake. I want to go shoot the... Uh... There's a there's a ton of flies and mosquitoes up there, right? <laughs> yes, yes. It's but but you know what? Uh, the gulls take care of the the flies and mosquitoes, and we take care of the pictures. Excellent. So Excellent. there's that, and then uh, what's the big ones after that is Botswana. Uh, Tim, then... you see how these how these countries just roll <laughs> off? He's like, oh yeah. yeah, I'm going going to Botswana, then Ethiopia, then I have to go to Madagascar. Yes, 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 Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> Ethiopia is very much in it. Yosemite is on this year. And then the last one is going to be Patagonia, which we're still working oh, on. But wow. I think, you know, December is going to be Patagonia. You have such a rough life. How do you even deal? Like, how do you how do you put up with it? It's well, you crazy. know what I just did? Now I've decided to let my wife go do the scouting trips. So oh. she's actually leaving this week to scout out one of your favorite places. Where is this? Paris? No. Where? Vietnam. New Zealand. Vietnam. Vietnam. Yes. Okay. I, that was the third one I was going to say. <laughs> so she, she, she's going to spend some time in Cambodia and Vietnam and get, get, get it organized so we can do something there in 2017. You know, and Shiv, I, I do like the positioning, how you tried to let us think that you made the decision that she was going to go scouting for you. I have a feeling she made the decision <laughs> She was going to go scouting for you. You know, Frederick, I would say something, but she might be listening to this twip eventually, so I better be careful. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. It's permanent, man. It's a permanent part of the internet. Awesome. Well, cool. Welcome back to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. you Thank you so much. Get your insights. Tim Engel, what about you, man? What's what's coming up on your your schedule? Gosh, I feel like I'm going to Citrus Heights tomorrow and then Sacramento. No. <laughs> I don't have anything good like that. Yeah, I'm going to Starbucks, and then I'm going to Target. Yeah. Know? No, I mean my uh, this week we're we're in the throes of Sac Fashion Week, which is a, a week long fashion event here in Sacramento that's kind of grown quite large. Um, and so I have some shows this week, and I kind of just go and do I don't know whatever I feel like doing. I don't shoot runway stuff really anymore. I just kind of like. Go to you're make not pictures. part of the you're not part of the paparazzi at the end of the runway that's popping off the flashes every time no, a, but a model comes to the end. And really, my big role was you know months ago when I shot all the promo stuff. Yeah, and we mentioned earlier, you know, Christine. So she was chosen as the face of Sac Fashion Week, and this is their tenth anniversary. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, she I has, heard she has a billboard up there somewhere. Right? She had a few billboards going, so that was kind of wow. fun. And then um, some TV stuff, I think Thursday for her, and then. Uh, two shows the big show on saturday which i think you're still joining us right mm-hmm. yeah i'm coming up yeah so um and then i my other kind of like travel is i'm taking i coach track high school track as well and i'm taking the track team to alaska and nice. i guess i'm bringing my camera and then uh you're I gonna try I'm, to bring all of them back too right don't don't uh, leave any of them i don't right. care <laughs> whatever i don't that's that's their they can run they can they'll figure it out yeah and then uh, I come back, and it, it sounds like I'm uh, coming back, and that day I'm going to meet you uh, in Mexico, I think, is the plan right now. That's right. Yeah, we're going to the Yucatan yeah. oh, wonderful. in Mexico. Yes, you see, I have ah, some place yes, that I'm yes. going that's cool, right? <laughs> so we're going to the Yucatan, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but if folks want to find out about it right now, we're, just go to twip.pro slash Mexico. And that'll have, uh, you know, a list of the dates and all the different things we're going to do there. It's going to be 
insanely cool. You know, I can't, I can't wait. This will be my really my first time. I'm gonna say in Mexico, Tim. This is okay. I, I've gone to Tijuana when I was in the military. That that doesn't really count as Mexico. <laughs> most of us have been there, so yeah, exactly. It's like it's like San Diego South or something. Right, right. <laughs> so, yep. so yeah, it should be interesting. So well, don't don't forget to pack your drone. Oh, dude, come on. The drone is coming. Uh, you know, I may send that in advance just to make sure it gets there. I think this is going to be like the steady cam trip. Oh, it's going to be good. I'm bringing the drone. I'm bringing the Osmo. Of course, I'm My bringing Osmo. the Micro Four Third gear. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Tim, you just brought an Osmo as well, right? I did, yes. So you, once again, have cost me money. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah I well, mean, every twip is like... You know, thousand bucks, fifteen hundred oh, bucks, thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being me. Come on, <laughs> you're the culprit. <laughs> you're the culprit. <laughs> I know. We need to start like a twip lending circle where we could just borrow each other's gear, so That's we don't right. all have yeah. to buy the same stuff. All right, guys. Well, speaking of gear, let's dive into the show. The story. The first story I want to chat about is Pintax. We don't talk about Pintax enough on the show, but they're an amazing company that's that's putting out some really cool hardware. So let me read our lead in here. It says, it's been a while since we heard anything from Pentax or Ricoh, but last week they finally entered the full-frame DSLR market with the announcement of the Pentax K1. The new K1 is Pentax's first DSLR, and it boasts an impressive set of features, several of which cannot be found on any full-frame DSLR on the market today. With the rise in popularity of mirrorless cameras resulting in a decline of DSLR sales, is there room for Pentax in the declining DSLR space? And does it make sense to try and go after that market today, considering all the pressure and the competition in the mirrorless space? Shiv Verma, I know you are you're you're the perfect person to pose. Both of you guys are perfect for this, but Shiv, you when we first started talking, you were on the precipice of switching from DSLR to mirrorless and you switched and which means a lot because your images are fantastic. You travel the world. You don't have a whole lot of margin for error in there. And for you to commit to a system means a whole lot. When you see a new, when you see a new story like Pentax going in the other direction saying, Hey, we're, we're going after the 36 megapixel weather sealed rugged tank of a camera space even though this camera we're going to read some of the specs of this camera looks fantastic but what do you think i mean is it the right move for them to go after that space or is that space shrinking the space is shrinking but you know the problem with that space has been so far uh very little real innovation and when you look at every incremental camera that comes out it has an incremental little addition or an incremental little modification Nothing to get really excited about. But you look at what Ricoh has done with the K1 or the Pentax K1, as they call it, is that mm-hmm. they've actually you know, done a lot of things that um, Olympus did, a lot of things that Sony's done, and they kind of put it together into this, yes, it's a DSLR, but it has a lot of features that don't exist anywhere else. And to me, two of the most exciting things are um, I don't know if you recall the the Foveon sensor, you know, which had the multi layers and stuff. Yeah. Now, they haven't got a Foveon sensor in here, but they've got a sensor that actually moves to capture colors at every pixel level. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at a pixel position, yeah, the the sensor moves and captures RGB at every spot. 
to me, that's innovation. And and when you have, but we've those seen that before. Features, that that's 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 not innovation. They're not. Yeah, who? I think Olympus was it. That they, they no, Olympus. That Olympus does the sensor move to capture very high density images. You know, they get okay. that forty almost like HDR, right. right? Yeah. But to actually, you know, move the sensor to capture color is, in fact, to me, innovation. Okay. okay, and and for a sensor that size to be able to do it, um, I think that's that's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other bit of innovation that I've sort of got excited about is, you know, we have all these big sensors that don't have the anti-aliasing filter, so you end up with potential moray problems, and you know the images getting all the the artifacting and things of that sort. And here, uh, I'm going to use a term: they actually jiggle the sensor. And it's in jiggling the sensor, they get rid of the moray. I mean, that's that's you know pretty unique. So it's these these things that you know to me, from a technology point of view, are exciting. Uh, but yet, I do feel that in the space that they are in with the DSLR world, you know, a large mirror again. I mean, the the larger the sensor, the larger the mirror. Yes, large mirrors have advantages, but to the same extent, I mean, you still, you know, it's it's that archaic mirror technology. I hate to use that word, but I will. Yeah. And uh, but you know, it's it's at least something that's different. It's something that's new that'll keep the excitement going for a lot of photographers. Um, and eventually, if they can move that same kind of technology into the mirrorless world, now we've got a winner. So yeah. m- you know, maybe the move is right. Maybe it isn't. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, doing some research for this this uh, episode and re- watching some of the videos or one of the videos that they put up, the 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 person that was doing the video was was kind of positing that this was a logical step for folks that already own the Pentax six four five system, which is a kind of a medium format system mm-hmm. because all of the lenses are interchangeable. So, you know, looking at it through that lens, the lens of okay, they didn't build this to try to own the DSLR space and take it from Canon and Nikon, they built this for their customers that need this smaller form factor and already have an investment in lenses for the 645 system, which makes sense. But I wonder how big that market is. You know, And, and to that point, you can also use their uh, APS-C set, uh, lenses on this camera. Oh, great. great. Yeah. So, you know, it. it's, it's, it works both ways. Yeah. Tim, what about you? What do you think about this? I mean, you know, you've been, I know, so you are where Shiv Verma was about two years ago. So Tim is still in the DSLR camp and there's nothing wrong with that, but you have been gradually hinting and moving to the mirrorless side, complaining about back pain and all this stuff. So, yeah. As, so, I've got, as it goes along, my roller bag gets bigger. Exactly. So when you see something like this, does this make you, I mean, I know it's not probably doesn't make you want to jump from you're, you're shooting Canon now, right? Nikon. Shooting, Nikon. Nikon. So jump from Nikon to, to Pentax slash Rico, but the innovations that they put in this camera look pretty compelling. The one that got me Shiv, that you didn't touch on was it seems so obvious, you know, the lighting up the, the, the back of the camera so that you can see the dang thing yeah. in dark, you know. Fre- that- I had to leave something for you, Frederick. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but all the little, uh, all the little features. <laughs> that's, that's the one. I'm like, oh, I like that. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly. Well, I don't I like, know, Tim, what do you think? And the LCD screen that I mean, it has some you know cool articulation. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. So I thought yeah, that was I saw cool. That. Um, and and I actually had seen the same point about you know it's aimed at that guy who has that six four five and that makes more sense, I think, to have 
that second body. I mean, you know, I've dealt with that six four five, and it's a big wieldy camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the lenses can go, you know, down to that camera, it makes a lot more sense. Um, but it has some cool features from the weather ceiling to, you know, the LCD, um, I think, you know, and the LED lights. I mean, you know, those are some cool features. Uh, but looking, looking, looking at these cameras or this camera in particular, now, Shiv, I know you're, you're, sort of sweet spot is going to be sort of the travel and landscape and, you know, those sorts of shots. Tim, on your side, it's fashion, right? So fast moving subjects, models, conceptual stuff, commercial type photography is so obviously on the Shiv side, I've seen his work, you know, going mirrorless makes sense for him. Does it make sense for someone like you? That's or, or is the tool of choice for what you're doing still the DSLR? I mean, I've tested with the Sony and the Sony, couldn't keep up with how I shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, so far, it well, hasn't made Sony? sense. Because there's, you know, there's well, different Sony's the, for different things. Well, the A7S. Yeah, okay. So, okay. So, um, you know, so it, it wouldn't keep up with how I shot. So, um, it's really tough for me to try and switch to mirrorless if it can't keep up. And then and when you in, say keep up, does that mean focusing speed or write speed or what? The ability, I, you know, the, the focusing speed, the ability to move, I, I move my focus point constantly. I mean, you know, always. And so, um, it just wouldn't keep up with me on that. And even I think at the time, something that I couldn't solve and it was, I only had it, they sent it to me for like a week to play with. So there's a lot of things I don't know. Yeah. That may mm-hmm. not be enough time. Yeah. Cause there's, you gotta, you gotta, just like anything, you gotta build up yeah. some muscle memory on how the camera operates in order to get good with it. And that's the other thing too. It's like for me to stop and try and work through that process of relearning something, it's just, it's hard to stop and do it. It's yeah. just, you yeah. know, it's almost like so, air to air to air refueling, right? You gotta, yeah, it's tricky. And it seems like you know Pentax, while it's a great camera, if it is trying to you know inch into that market, that market's definitely going, I think, the other way. I mean, I'm I'm not looking at greater DSLRs. I'm looking still at you know Nikon to do an amazing mirrorless that I can put my lenses on and do something with. Yeah, I wonder when that's coming. I mean, I we t- we've been talking about it for years now, you yeah. know, and like literally years. <laughs> we've been talking about when is this mythical unicorn slash you know uh, macalope coming? You know, yeah, yeah, one from Nikon and one from Canon, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. When are when are they coming? But on the same time, at the same time, each. Like, I don't know, over over the past couple of years, we've seen the DJIs come out. We've seen Lytro come out with these different things. We've seen all these different camera companies keep innovating, 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 mostly on the mirrorless, mirrorless side, if not all mirrorless. And lately, like Tim, we were talking about before, that Osmo from DJI. Now, DJI is kind of slowly inching into the camera, <laughs> camera market yeah. with these non-conventional looking cameras on gimbals that do all these kind of crazy programmatic things. So yeah, yeah, like another, another shot across the bow of these, these high end DSLR guys. What do you you think? I mean, is it, what am I missing? Am I missing? I feel like I'm missing. I I don't think I'm missing anything. I mean, I I really think that till Nikon and Canon realize that times have changed. I, I don't think they fully comprehend that. I don't think they fully understand where the market is really going and what the market is calling for. I mean, you know, look at it. I mean, we're going to probably talk about some Canon gear later. Mm-hmm. But what what's Canon done? Yeah. If you really think about it, what has it what has Canon done? They've improved the ability to focus. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I, we're we're being, I mean, we're being flippant about it, but you know, I'm sure I don't want to minimize what what those guys do over there because and there's they've got legions of people that are following them. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, from from our standpoint, we're we're on the outside looking in. And when we look at, hey, there's a new camera on DP review or photo district news to go check out and we read through the specs, you know, regardless of how much effort went into that on the back end, when we read those specs, we're thinking like, oh, wow, okay, that's great. (laughs) You know, that's that's not going to change my world at all. Yeah, I can shoot. I can shoot in darkness better, and it focuses a little faster. Yeah, right. I mean, right. those are the two things. I mean, everything that you you read about, whether it be an icon or Canon, better focusing, better low light performance, and oh, by the way, a bigger sensor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and more and, megapixels, which I don't need. And 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 there is a point when you know you say, okay, all of this is great. And now you have some lights that come on so that you can change your lens in the dark. Mm-hmm. Is that innovation? <laughs> They're gonna put some <laughs> put some spinners on that so you can have shiny yeah. rims and all. <laughs> I, you know, I yeah, it's it, clearly not innovation. In some ways, it could be interpreted as grasping for straws. But yes. you know, yes. but you, you but you still looking at these companies. I can imagine sitting in the room where they have angry, hungry customers waving dollars, right? Their market that have aging DSLR cameras that aren't ready to switch from DSLR to mirrorless. So they have to give them something. They can't say, okay, we're going to go to mirrorless because maybe they're not ready for that or they're unwilling. And they can't just keep the same gear. There's money to be had there. So they have to put out something that's new, that has a new number and a new model, new packaging to go harvest some of that money right yeah yeah harvesting the same person's money over and over again without <laughs> giving them something new <laughs> Come on. sounds like a vampire painful after a while you know like, uh, oh man oh, we're gonna get in so much trouble for this show <laughs> that's all right that's all right I mean, no hopefully hopefully something gets triggered somewhere you know and it just... would be it would be so easy i would dive so quickly into it with my lenses if it happened yeah yeah, I don't know. Armchair quarterback. We've said it many, many times. Nikon or Canon, you know, people. All the money's in the glass, right? Yeah. We've got ton people that shoot those systems, myself included. I still have a ton of Nikon glass that's sitting there gathering dust. Yeah. I would love to have an awesome mirrorless camera that is somehow taking everything that Panasonic and Lumix has done, that has taken everything that Olympus has done, and kind of put it together. And Fuji put it together and made this mythical body that takes f-mount lenses that i can then go shoot with yep i would buy that in a heartbeat i'd swear i would buy that in a heartbeat i'm sure you would but but really think about something else look at the budget that canon has the r&d budget of their camera division yeah it's probably the size of you know panasonic sony and olympus all combined yeah Yeah, right and what what is that r&d doing i mean what are they producing yeah, I mean, Frederick and I, Tim, just as an FYI, two years ago, a little over two years ago, actually February it was, two years ago, we talked about mirrorless. And, and I said, you know, if I'm going to switch, I'm going to switch. And I'm not going to wait for something else because I don't think it's going to happen. And I actually got rid of every single piece of glass that I owned that was Canon. Wow. I did keep one lens, and that was my tilt shift. The only reason is because nobody else makes a good tilt shift lens. 
I think I'm right there now. So Tim, yeah, if so. you want to buy some Nikon glass, I think I, <laughs> I can. I'll bring it up Saturday, and you can. Uh, the you store know. is open. Yeah, yeah. You can give me like twenty grand, and you know we'll call it even. <laughs> you already cost so. me his stuff with the uh, Osmo, so I know. Hey, that's only six hundred bucks, so you're good. All right, well, cool. So, uh, you know, Twip listeners, head to thisweekinphoto.com. Check out the story. This, you know, we're we're linking to an article over on Petapixel, which I think they they pulled from somewhere. Um, but go check it out. It's the Pentax K1. Um, interesting features in there. Like Shiv was saying, that five-axis image stabilization, a la what Sony's doing, um, and what Olympus is doing, and Panasonic actually. But on 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 the Olympus and Panasonic size. As Shiv said, they're only jiggling a small, a smaller micro four third sensor. Where with these big cameras, it's kind of an engineering feat to jiggle a five, a, a large sensor on five axes and still maintain power and all this other stuff. So a pretty, pretty interesting camera there. But you know, again, who's it for? All right, guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Canon and the fact that they announced a follow up to the 70D finally, and it's called. Wait for it the 80D along and they announced some new glass and some new accessories to go along with it. There's a new photography conference on the scene and it's called Out of Chicago and it's the brainchild of my friend Chris Smith. The event happens in Chicago June 24th through 26th and this will be the third year and the biggest yet. This year the lineup of speakers is kind of incredible featuring amazing photographers and educators like Rick Salmon, Brian Peterson, Scott Bourne, Valerie Jardin, and even myself. There'll be cool workshops, portfolio reviews, photo walks, photo crawls, and a ton more. And I'll be leading several workshops, including the time-traveling photographer, the photographer's guide to marketing, and more. Plus, we'll be recording an episode of TWIP live in front of an audience, so you can join us and ask questions, and maybe you'll even make it into the show. So here's a really good part. For a limited time, the Out of Chicago team is knocking $100 off the registration price if you use the code TWIPCHICAGO when you sign up. Remember, this event happens June 24th through 26th, so sign up now and use the code TWIPCHICAGO to get a full $100 knocked off of the ticket price. Just head over to twip.pro slash OOC to see all the details. That's twip.pro slash OOC. And I'll see you in the Windy City. All right, guys, we are back. We're going to talk about Canon and the introduction of their new ADD. They introduced that guy, a new lens, and some new accessories. Let me just read down um, the specs for this thing um, before we dive into it. So it is, see, the new ADD features a 24-megapixel APS-C-sized CMOS sensor, a 45-point all-cross-type AF system, and the company's dual-pixel CMOS AF autofocusing technology for smoother focusing during video recording. It's powered by a Digic 6 processor. This is totally written by engineers. Uh, the ADD has a native ISO range of 100 to 16,000 for stills and 100 to 12,800 for video. The uh, ISO can be expanded to 25,600 for both stills and video, and the camera can record full HD up to 60 frames per second. And it sports a three-inch, very angled touch screen display. I love when they say full HD when it's not actually 4K. <laughs> I mean, full HD means not 4K. Um, and it also has seven frames per second continuous. Um, 
I would say seven frames per second continuous with AF locked on the first frame for up to 110 JPEGs or 25 raw images. Anti-flicker shooting for improved exposure under fluorescent lighting. Time coding for video shooting. The Wi-Fi and NFC and Intelligent Viewfinder. And it ships in March for 1200 bucks for the body only or 1800 bucks when bundled with their new EFS 18 to 35 millimeter lens. So... Gentlemen, Shiv, uh, by the way, we, I'm going to let Tim go first because he's okay, the Nikon I guess guy. I know you guys have to say other. By the way, Shiv, we lost your video, which won't affect the audio listeners, but you're you're a disembodied avatar at the moment. Just FYI, I am. Oh, yep. All right, Tim. So uh, looking at these, and don't let Shiv's previous comment about incremental changes taint taint the witness's response. But what do you think? I mean, is this uh, is this a compelling? update to the 70d or is this like i was saying placating the 70d owners that have been screaming for a new body i i when i first read it and i have not being a canon shooter actually called a couple of friends earlier and just said what Mm. do you think and it was basically well when my 70d dies you know i'll do that yeah yeah but i'm going to keep shooting this thing until it dies because this is yeah i mean yeah it's I don't shoot Canon either, but I could see them saying that because it's like, okay, what in this is this gold nugget that's making me go to, into the light? You know, you know and, and one statement was, oh, I like the fact that the screen, you know, the LCD is move now. Yeah. You know, yeah. touch screen. So it wasn't anything that was so, you know, it didn't improve it so dramatically that it, they were going to run out and get it. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, we just had the discussion. It's, you know, I can it's better lower light and faster focusing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's there. It's hard to talk about these because it's it seems like it's a great camera, and obviously it's going to be a refinement in what the existing 70D is. And if you're in the market for a new update to your 70D, a la you dropped yours out of a plane or into a puddle or something, then obviously instead of buying another 70D, you buy this thing. But is it is it bait or catnip enough to to bait people into the Canon system? Shiv Verma, I have a feeling you're going to let loose the hounds of hell on this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, you know, if I did own a 7TD, yeah. would I get an 8TD? That's the real question. Would you? No. You would not? I would not. Why? So, it's why clearly a better camera. See, number one, look, I mean, you know, features are important. Yeah. And, and I don't want to knock Canon over and over again, but features are really important. And features that do something. You know, that mm-hmm. that have some real value. So I look at this one thing that's touted, right? And it's like, when you're shooting in fluorescent light and there's flicker. The I knew you were going to key on that one. I knew it. <laughs> the camera is capable of picking the brightest part of the flicker and then photograph right when the flicker is the brightest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me go into this fluorescent room so that... I can do my photography. <laughs> so, so, so that 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 just just drove me up the wall, and and then the other thing that you know I I kind of really like that this new replacement of the seventy D has audio input output jacks, and mm-hmm. now instead of being straight, now they're kind of at an angle, which kind of looks sexy. I just move it at a little angle, yeah. But it only shoots ten eighty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 1080 in 2016 
Come on, and Canon. It, I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. because, yeah, if, even that little Osmo that we have shoots 4K. Our iPhones shoot 4K, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I so hear you. If, if, I was to do, if I was to do anything, I'd keep the same 70D and put in the technology to shoot 4K with, you know, both an audio in and out jack mm-hmm. and then help pass out some clean 4K HDMI. And, I'm, yeah. you know, I've got a camera that, that I now want. Yeah. yeah, But I don't. I mean, this is not the camera that... I would. Well, this this is a good camera for people that are going to do what you're saying and stay with the 70D because this camera will drive the prices of the 70D back stock down. So now sure. you can go buy a 70D, but it's not going to have the features like you're saying. Obviously. No, I mean it's you know this is what I've been sort of hopping on for two years now is innovation does not mean a little incremental change. You know, making two holes in the camera instead of one doesn't make it a good camera. Oh, the other one that I absolutely loved. They moved the microphones a little further apart on the body of the camera. It's now not on either side of the uh you know the the, the flash. Yeah. Better yeah. sound separation. 1080p. So <laughs> <laughs> I can see you in the press briefing when they say yeah they're rattling all the features and they ask Shiv Verma what do you think about this? 1080p. That's all I got to say. 1080p. (laughs) Two years, two years, we've been shooting 4K and thoroughly enjoying the quality that we get. Why would I go back? I mean, today I can buy a $500 camera and shoot 4K. Yeah. I'm going to spend $1,200. Yeah. Come on. You can do it with your iPhone, right? Yeah, it's It's crazy. So here, okay, so in defense, because, you know, I have to play devil's advocate or... You know, I have to defend the defend the defendant here. So, 4K. There are very few devices that can display 4K. It requires a lot of space in many cases on your on your memory card and on your hard drive. It requires a lot of processing power when you're editing to to use it. Yes, it gives you more vers- versatility in terms of punching in and all that, but it's it's heavier. So maybe and. And I'm saying that, let me preface that with saying that when I shoot, generally I'm shooting 4K, you know, unless specifically there's, a, you know, I don't need to shoot 4K, but I default to 4K and then I down, if I if I need to go lower for some spe- special reasons, I'll go to 1080. But when I look at these guys, maybe they're thinking, you know, and I'm armchair quarterbacking here, but maybe they're saying, you know what, for all the things that Frederick just said, we're just going to make this 1080. The world isn't ready for 4K yet. So when we're ready for 4K, we'll do a firmware update or, you know, that'll be the 81D or whatever. <laughs> and we'll get some more money out of it. I don't know. So, you, you, know, you, know, you know, one would say, Your Honor, can the plaintiff have a word? Yes. <laughs> Since there you go. You have, you have the floor. True. 1080p, not too many devices. Yes, 4K, it's different. But have you ever downsampled and really watched 4K and 1080p? And done the same video in 1080p and watched it. Yeah, it looks much better. 4K downsampled. I rest my case. Yes. (laughs) All right, Matlock. (laughs) And the only thing I was looking at it and I'm talking to a video friend. It's like the only and they touted like their accessories, which seem to be video accessories, which is the mic, an extra new microphone and uh, um, a focus controller. 
yeah. the zoom controller. Gonna, yeah, zoom controller. I'm gonna put the screen right now. And maybe that's it. maybe that's maybe it's a video discussion because maybe that's something that that world asked for. I don't know. I'm you know maybe having it as a remote camera because it talks about the ability to you know use it as, you know remote. So maybe yeah. that's maybe that's yeah. where it's like they're trying to work that area better and maybe and this is what this is the other thing i was thinking so it's like i said they're going to ship in march for uh 1200 bucks for the body 1800 bucks with the new um this new lens that i have on the screen right now is the 18 to 135 kit lens um and then like tim said below it on this page is this new power zoom adapter for 150 bucks it provides up to 10 different levels of zoom speed which can be controlled remotely so doing this you know this is obviously for cinematography so you can do cool zoom pulls from far away i wonder i wonder what uh oh by a canon's camera connect app so you can control it with your phone from uh from far away and then a candid branded branded external mic for 250 bucks which is going to ship in in june so yeah so tim like you're saying they're obviously put going full-fledged on the on the video front and i wonder is this because of the you know the the GH4 and you know these other cameras that filmmakers seem to be gravitating to because it, they do so much and Panasonic has has doubled down on owning the the video space when it comes to Micro Four Thirds. I wonder if Canon is saying, "Hey, we started this with Vincent LaFerre way way back when. This is our market. We're going to take it back." I don't know. Chef, what do you think? Is that it? Uh, or uh, How do you take it back? You already know. lost it. Uh, right? well, maybe they didn't I mean, lose it. You know, consumers you want... are fickle. Consumers yeah. are fickle. True. But if you wanted it back, wouldn't this be the perfect opportunity? Your first, you know, I don't call it an entry level. I call it, okay, an enthusiast camera or a camera that could have done a lot of interesting things. Bring this camera out. Put the <laughs> stuff in there. Yeah. And you make this, this this mount that has to be attached to the lens so that it can zoom in and out. And you now need to put four more AA batteries in there. Now, oh, this guy I, here? You've yeah. got to make this thing even heavier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the least they could have done is said, okay, you know, you can feed this from the the battery pack. Put a battery pack on the camera and you've got... But now you've got to carry Canon batteries and now you've got to carry AA batteries to feed this little gizmo. Yeah. Now, I wonder at which point do you do you look at these things? It's like, it, it almost reminds me of like when people start forcing their iPhone to do cinematography and they're like, hey, I can put this lens on there. I can put this mount. I can do this. And pretty soon, like I say on the show a lot, you have this Iron Man suit on your iPhone when you could just go buy something purpose built for this. So if you're going down the road of doing this level of cinematography, instead of putting an Iron Man suit on your DSLR, why not go buy a cinematography camera that's purpose, purpose built to do cinematography instead of forcing a DSLR into it? Right. I don't know. Tim, what, yeah. what, do, you th <clears throat> what do you think about all this? I mean, is, I mean if, if you're, a, you're a Nikon guy, if Nikon made this move and said, you know, Tim, the next increment of your camera is going to be, it's going to have these incremental features, and by the way, we're throwing out a power zoom adapter for it, a microphone... <laughs> And we're we're going we're going after Panasonic and the GH4 with this guy. What, what would you say? Would you would well, you be all in? The only thing that would keep me interested is if I had a set of Canon things already, and this was maybe an addition to that arsenal. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, like you say, it's like I mean, there's so many things out there that are playing the game with all the features built into it already. That yeah. why you know why would I want to like 
you know, have the transformer camera that can like, you know, shove pieces yeah. onto it. And oh, I love that prime. term, transformer camera. Oh, yeah. Tim, thank you. I'm going to use that again. Certainly. Well, that feels like it's a little camera that could have. You can yeah. call it op- Optimus Prime Lens. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know. You know, in full disclosure, just for folks that, for folks that are listening that don't know, I am not sponsored by Panasonic or any of those guys, but I shoot Panasonic <clears throat> by choice. I shoot Lumix. And my current, the camera that I took to Vietnam with me was a GX8. And and I just started editing my my images and videos today, ironically. But uh, I love that camera. So, you know, just full disclosure, that's what I shoot with. She, what, what do you shoot with? Uh, I'm still shooting with the GH4 and the G7. Okay. I absolutely love them. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's really, it's not just Panasonic. I mean, if you think about mirrorless as a whole, I, I'm so glad that every time a new camera comes out, there's truly incremental improvements and enhancements. And, yeah. You know, Olympus has done some incredible things. And to their credit and advantage, they've taken the OMD M1 and they've actually given it a brand new life. I mean, they haven't created a new OMD M1, but they just took the OMD M1 and gave it a new life, mm-hmm. which, you know, tremendous. Uh, you know, Panasonic has done brilliantly with all of their products. I mean, the GX8 you know, taking the sensor to a whole different level, uh, you know, putting in in-body image stabilization and tying it in with the lens. Now you've got six axis image stabilization. It's crazy. It's uh, crazy. You know, things like post-focus capabilities. I mean, that just blows me away. I mean, fortunately, my G7 can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's those kind of things. I mean, it's, it's what does the photographer need? You know, yeah. Can I do with the slightly slower focusing? Yeah, if I'm not shooting sports, I'm okay with that. Do I need all that? Or models. Or models. I mean, do I need the ability to joystick, you know, something that is going to move the lens while I'm taking a video and and yet I'm shooting this 1080p video? Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's those kinds of things. I mean, where you see Sony where you see Olympus and and Panasonic, each of those companies have truly done marvelous things with their bodies. I mean, everybody that's come out has been, you know, worth an enhancement and upgrade, you know, you want it. And uh, that's not there. So, you know, to me, I mean, it's just, I mean, I hate to keep harping on the point that, you know, give me a little bit of innovation that'll excite me. Yeah, I mean, that's what's going to pull the consumers in. Like when I, when I read the spec list for that GX8, I was on Amazon when it became available and I ordered it on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. Yeah, I was like, boom, boom, boom. I ordered it. Yeah. It came, you know, a couple of days later and I got it in time to go take it on this trip with me. And it, not that I used all the whiz bang features that it has in there, but it, you're right. It had those, okay, I got to have that. You know, yeah. I got to have that. Oh, this is innovative. I need that. You know, it had those different things in there that made me want to buy it. Yes, it had some negatives too, like that, that, silly non-standard microphone jack that it has on it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, panasonic really you know i don't understand so you know things like that that seemed like an obvious win that they left off but hey you got to leave room for the gx9 right (laughs) so well you know and i want to back up and say that i was thinking about two of my friends that shoot video and they're amazing at what they do and they use all canon stuff and this is the type of camera even that they would put somewhere that's not even in a safe position that they may leave yeah, and if it and if it gets just you know annihilated on that job, which I've seen some of their <laughs> their wounded, um, yeah. it's not a massive 
devastation. Yeah. I mean, putting putting another camera that's like, you know, a $5,000 camera in a spot, that spot just doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, and there's and there's all this other stuff that you can do now. We're back, like I mentioned, Vincent LaFerre, a good friend of mine, when he sort of pioneered this whole idea of using DSLRs to create cinematic quality video, the only player in town, in town was Canon, right? So. Right. Right. So that was like everyone rushed into Canon, like, okay, I got to get one of those because I got to make shots like Vincent is making. Since then, Nikon has come out doing stuff. Obviously, Panasonic is steamrollered (laughs) over everyone with this stuff. We've got drones now that do 4K from the air. We've got handheld drones that do stuff from the ground. The whole space has changed in terms of what's accessible to us as as consumers at a really insanely low price that we can now create stories with. So it's not a canon game anymore with the, with the, you know, the, now the, the ADD. So I don't know. It's a, uh, it's interesting where this stuff could and will go. You know, we keep saying on this show that this will be the year <laughs> that we'll find out what Nikon and Canon are going to do. They're going to come out with their unicorn and all this will year, be well in year. the world this year, you know, like wimpy, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Well, we got a three we got a 360 camera coming now, right? Yeah. Well, that Nikon the Nikon 360 camera, that looks amazing. I'm going to buy that. Thing. I'm into that too. I was like, "Thank you. That's Uh-huh. Yeah. And- <laughs> but again, that's not. I mean, it looks great. It looks like a it looks like a much better camera than that Theta that I have, but it 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 shoots 4K. I mean, if it does what they say it's going to do, it shoots 4K. 360 spherical video which is what i was wishing the the theta would do so you know we'll have to try it out and see it whenever when that thing ships and it's nice because finally they're on the front end of something like that at least Mm -hmm. yeah but you know they're out in the front end but can they can they do it because you've got folks like rico and that theta and a hungry hungry hippo gopro out there trying to figure out how to make a make a profit you know there's a lot of a lot of hungry players out there that have resources to do stuff well and you saw that you know deadpool used that 360 camera a ton and all their promos i haven't seen any of the deadpool promos and i have not seen the movie yet i'm gonna go see that movie it's uh the comics are on my ipad but i haven't seen the movie yet Ah, yeah, something else to do this week. All right, guys, so, let's uh, go ahead, Shiv. You were going to say something? I was just going to say, you, you talked about the Theta and uh, Nikon's new product. Hopefully, it comes out soon. Uh, but again, you know, that's that 360 market. Yeah. And the 360 yeah. market is kind of, yeah, you do lots of crazy things with it, as you just did in the White House, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right, but, right. But uh, typically, that that is a very niche market product. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. it is very so, niche. I said I said on Leo, I went on Leo Laporte's screensavers, the new screensaver show, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the Theta, and I love the Theta. In fact, I bought one after that show because Leo had one mm-hmm. and Alex had one in the White House. So I was Alex thinking, has what six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them. I think I, <laughs> Alex, Alex, Alex has an army of Cylons at his command. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I was looking at it and I was thinking. This is a brilliant device. It's cool, 360 immersive video, but it needs that killer app. It feels, mm-hmm. and I said on the show, it feels like um, a cure in search of a disease. So it needs some kind of storytelling. Somebody, one of these hip hop artists or country or whomever, need to do a music video with it and show, okay, this is not, we're not showing you this thing just to show you, hey, this is a cool technology. We're actually incorporating 
it into a real piece of art, you know, of work. And the fact that we did it with a 360 camera is secondary to the overall story. Right now, with all these new toys that we're getting, it's all about, hey, look at what I got. I mm-hmm. can do this now. Yeah. But then you never do anything with it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the shiny object. Yeah, it's a shiny object. I can do all this cool stuff. Look, look, hey, I got this and it can do all this. I can do 3D. Yeah, you know, I could do focus later photos, but then we never do anything amazing with it. Yeah, and everything is stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when I see I want to see one of these like these top end artists get a Grammy or something for doing a 360, the first 360 immersive music video. Imagine that, right? Then it doesn't become, it's not about the, the, the technology and the hardware that did it. It's about the story and yeah, the, yeah. the end result. The vision you know, behind it. Yeah. Yeah. The vision, you know, and, and imagine if they actually did something insanely creative with it instead of, <laughs> instead of just like, you know. Just a video. Yeah. Here's the artist standing in San Francisco singing and I can look around, you know, I want to see something like really, really cool. Yeah. 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 So I'm throwing the gauntlet down, Hollywood or whoever is watching this. Make make something cool with 360. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain and thankfully freshbook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or you know sort of messing with our creative juices with freshbooks you can invoice clients it's easy you can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger you're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff you can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone you can b- whip up business reports you can stay on top of your income expenses and tax time is coming up so with a couple of clicks you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash twip, enter the code this week in photo or twip in the how did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of this week in photo. All right, guys, uh, let's move on. We're going to jump into the picks of the week. This is the segment, as you guys know, where you can pick something to suggest to the This Week in Photo Army. It just has to be related to photography. Shiv, I'm going to let you go first. What is your pick of the week? Okay, I'm going to pick something that I had the opportunity to use and absolutely fell in love with it. Uh Uh-oh. 
<laughs> it's it's probably going to be out. I mean, there there are some production units out. I had the pleasure of a pre-production unit, but I just absolutely went gaga, as they say, over the new uh, Leica Lumix 100 to 400, which gives me the equivalent of 200 to 800 that I can you know carry in my hand and shoot without having to worry about tripods and gimbals and, yeah, and, and having to break my shoulder and my back and to be able to just literally pocket it. So, you know, that to me is innovation. Uh, once again, from a size point of view, from the quality, uh, yes, it's not the fastest lens, but show me an 800 millimeter lens that's kind of faster than 6.3. Now, with that, so we're looking at it right now for folks that are listening to this. We've got it up on the screen from DP Review. They've got a hands-on review with the Panasonic Lake, Leica DG Vario Elmar 100 to 400 F4 to 6.3. So, when you when you take a lens like this out, and I know you probably haven't yet because you just had it, you know, an evaluation unit. But if you were to take this out to, say, one of these trips that you mentioned in the beginning of the show, is it sharp enough to get the shots to get those those Verma style shots? You know, oh, I, man. I think is these it? kinds of these kinds of lenses, I maybe it's it's from my past history. You know, I'm thinking you can never get a sharp shot with a lens this long that slow. Is that, oh, is that you, untrue? You, you know, it's it's. I don't want to use the term unbelievable, but I will. Oh, good. It is unbelievable. It is exceptionally sharp. It is exceptionally fast. And despite the fact that I had a pre-production unit, the images that I took, I'm more than satisfied. Wow. And yeah. the, sh the photos I'm showing here has it mounted on my GX8. That's They're right. Me. Yes. They're taunting me right now. <laughs> <They're taunting. laughs> this, look at that thing. It trombones out to like six feet long. It's like look twice the size. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Frederick, I mean, you know, I, I keep hopping on innovation and I keep talk, talking about things that what do camera manufacturers need to do to excite the user? And, and that's the image. Just hold it there. Oh, this one? Yeah. yeah. Do you see where the switches are? Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. right on the top. Yeah. You can you can use the switches irrespective of where the foot is oriented mm. because the foot and the switches rotate together. Oh, nice. In in both long lenses from Canon, from Nikon, the switches stay on the lens. So when you rotate it into a portrait orientation or if you have it mounted on a gimbal and you want to access the switches, you kind of kind of go under the camera to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. We're not over mm -hmm. here. So it's these small little things that make a photographer's life easy. That's what excites me. But this lens is, is sharp enough, though, you're saying? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Very I mean, nice. I, you know, if, if Leica didn't make sharp lenses, then I think Leica might have to change their name. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice pick. Of the, well, let's let's leave this. What's the... Do we know what the price of this thing is going to be yet? Yeah, I believe it's 1799 just under $1,800. Uh, and what's what would the I wonder what the equivalent on a full frame DSLR would be for this focal length? Uh, Eight hundred millimeters. Yeah, <laughs> big. Uh, <laughs> only about fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen K? Really? Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean the five hundred. The uh, five hundred is like eleven, twelve thousand dollars. 
The mm. 600 is about the same price range. So if, if you had an 800, you... <laughs> I forget so Tim, about the I think, I think the takeaway <laughs> from this is if you and I both start saving today, I will win when it comes to reaching, being able to get one of these lenses <laughs> before you do. No, I think so. Yeah. So start saving. Or I'm going or... to put the model down the street and around the corner and I'll shoot it from there. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah but it's... I mean, that's, that's a good point. So what, do, what are you shooting with a lens, uh, 800 millimeter lens? Is it the, you want to get the lion cub from two miles away or what are you shooting, Chip? Birds, yep. you know, just general, you know, wildlife. I mean, any wildlife photography, you need reach. Yeah. And this gives it to you. Love it. Love it. All right. That's a good pick of the week. Um, so touche. So now you've spent some of my money probably. <laughs> on, well, on no, you know, the, the, the lens will be out next month. Oh, so it, you can pre-order it now. It'll be on your doorstep the day it arrives. I could totally. I mean, and to bring this to Mexico would be kind of cool. I yes. Think. yes. Oh, geez. Yes. Uh. So, Tim, if you go buy a Micro Four Thirds system, you can borrow some of my lenses. I'm just saying. <laughs> I gotta get. I gotta pay for other things first. I hear you. I hear you. Ah, food. You don't need yeah. food or all that stuff. All right, cool, Shiv. Thank you. That was a great pick. A very expensive pick for me, but thank you very much. And so it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know, these lenses, <laughs> that's the thing. We joke about it, but these lenses, I, I, I like buying these kinds of lenses or these Michael Ford Thurns lenses because I know these bodies that we have are going to come and go, right? Yeah. There's always these new bodies coming out. But as long as we stick with that Michael Ford Thurns mount, whether we go to Olympus or Panasonic or whatever, all my lenses are going to work wherever I go. So it's it's less of a, should I get that? Am I wasting money? And more of a, you know, this is going to be with me. It's going to stick to my ribs, you know, for a long time. You know, sure. glass does hold its value. And, you know, as much as I've done, I could to knock Canon today and maybe even knock Nikon to some extent. One thing I will say that two years ago when I sold all my Canon glass, I actually made more money on a lot of lenses than what I paid for them. So oh, oh, you know. nice. All right. Yeah. Well, I could use. All right. Twip listeners, if you need Nikon glass, <laughs> email Frederick's me. got them. You know, I got I got lots of Nikon glass, really good glass that I'm going to get rid of. Based on Shiv Verma, you've inspired me to to clean out my closet. So cool. All right, Tim Ingle, what about you, man? What is your pick of the week? My pick is much less, uh, I guess, pricey. Okay, good. So recently on location, I'll. Uh, this came in very handy and it's one of those things that I keep in my bag and I've had it forever, but I just, you know, the power of it recently on a shoot was kind of like shown again. So mm -hmm. it's just the Manfrotto spring clamp with the flash shoe. So for every flash I have, um, I have a clamp and even for the led panels, um, I'm more and more now I have to do shoots that, you know, there may be a video component to it. And so yeah. the images have to look the same in still as they do in video. So we're clamping small LED panels to different locations. Oh, right. Mm. right. And, um, and I oh, just, I'm really using, good idea. I'm using a $30 LED panel and I have um, five of those in my bag and then I have a clamp that goes with each one. And I put these around corners and up in the ceiling and in a tree and on a rock, you know, and they'll stand by themselves just on the ground. Um, and they just have proven themselves time and time again. Even if they're on a stand, I can clamp an umbrella. I did an umbrella recently with the LED panel just for 
you know, an exterior um, fill for a portrait. Now, if you if you guys look at this page I'm showing right now, it says it's showing this is my Amazon. Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. logged into Amazon. It's saying <laughs> I purchased, purchased this in 2009 on <laughs> April 30th. This I was looking at. I was like, why? When did I purchase? And I bought a bunch of these. I think I bought like four of them because I was I was hot and heavy into this Joe McNally style small strobe world. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was shooting Nikon back then still. And I had a bunch of SB, uh, you know what is it 24 25 26 etc strobes that i was putting on these to do model photography with so i use these strobes and clamp them like tim was saying to different spots um so i still have all these i'm gonna pull them out now that you say you know you're putting led panels on these i'm like yeah okay i need (laughs) i need to i need to reincorporate these into my workflow but i wonder i was gonna ask both of you guys based on this i was thinking how many times have each of you shot actual strobe in the past year or so? You know, the past 365 days. Tim, you, I know a lot because you're shooting models in your studio and all that. But outside of the studio, are you are you using strobe? You know, is it fill flash or what? I just used strobe when we were in Florida for the pool shoot. Um, like on like the like small strobes or, or yeah, big, no, I, I big had actually, I had I had three Nikon strobes and three LED panels. I mixed them and it was just to kind of open up different areas and okay. just for rocks and, and waterfalls. And and we were in a crazy storm and the, the strobes were all bagged. Yeah. And yeah. I was outside on the umbrella and Christine was in the in with the client with uh, the cam ranger as she controlled the camera because I kind of sealed it up so I, I could review it. it and I'm in the rain and I could review it. And then she would make the adjustments based off of me and talking to her on the phone. So I didn't have to do anything other than, you know, make sure it was going. That's great. That's great. So you're, you're both feet still in the strobe. Shiv, what about you? I, I use strobes for a lot of my uh, commercial and product work. Mm-hmm. But uh, funny, you talk about that clamp and I'm not going to pull the light out this time, which I did the last time. But <laughs> I use free. my light and it's actually on one of these clamps. It's not the Manfrotto, it's the Kupo clamp, but it's exactly the same style. And okay. that's what's, uh, you know, holding up the light. So, yeah, I use it. I use about four of them with, uh, you know, the LED panels, rotor lights, and small strobes when needed. Love it. Love it. Cool. This is really cool. All right. And now I got to go. I got to go dig through my lighting clamp box in the garage and find, <laughs> <laughs> find these clamps so I can play. Because I have LEDs sitting right over there that I haven't really used. And I never really put one and one together and said, okay, you can put these on those clamps and then use them in all kinds of Well, places. Saturday, we'll put them in some spots. Yeah, I'll bring them. I will definitely bring them. Cool. All right, guys. We are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. We talked about what you guys have coming up um, at the beginning of the show. But why don't you give us a recap, Shiv? What's, uh, what's coming up for you over the coming weeks? Well, I, I think the, the best way is, uh, you know, we've kind of gone one hour. And uh, mm-hmm. if I start talking about my trips, we might never end. <laughs> so, I love uh, it. You see, you know, you, I love to hear you. I love to live vicariously through you. So so uh, the, the best is, I mean, if, you know, show notes, I put the links into some of the trips. And then I put one link in there for all of the trips. So uh, the, the, the key is, you know, come join us. Uh, my trips are not inordinately expensive. It's a lot of fun and camaraderie and, uh, you know, education. And that's, that's what it's all about. So it is, it is memories. I got to say, I got, I've the past couple of years, I've been going on lots of, of photo trips. I've gone to 
you know, joined Trey Radcliffe mm-hmm. in, in New Zealand. I've joined Valerie Jardin in Paris. I've gone on another Paris trip um, uh, to the to the uh, Champagne region of Paris. I've gone to the the uh, Vietnam, you know, so all these different trips. And I got to say, the 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 big thing, it's hard to grok this, but the big thing is once you're outside of your your comfort bubble of being at home and you know i've got my perfectly charged and polished bag of gear there that has never taken a photo once you take that out and you go somewhere far even if it's this next state over it's weird how your perception changes i was going through some photos today and i'm and i was looking at and kind of taking myself back to where i was when i shot the photo and my mind is like in a completely different place I'm taking photos of things I would never have taken photos of if I was just in the Bay Area in San Francisco or something. You know, when you're when you're someplace far and it's foreign and you're slightly on edge and you're excited and you're eating strange foods, like something ignites in you photographically that makes you want to take great photos. Shiv, you 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 have that experience it's, as well? It's 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 the the chemical. You know, the mm. travel chemical. That, yeah. that makes you do things that you otherwise wouldn't do. But yeah. I think more important than that is I think the relationships that you build with the folks who come on these trips. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's amazing what it does because it's, it's a different kind of motivation. And, and it's the very joint, you know, unified approach to things. You know, we've got to get the best, work together to get it, go to the right places, work together to do it. It's just it's just a whole different experience. It is. Yeah. And people, you know, I want to just hammer it home that it's not just the idea of, okay, I gotta I'm gonna spend this money and then I gotta go over here and I gotta take photos and I take time off work and all this. When you I, I was telling someone here uh, a couple of days ago that traveling, a lot of people tend to be afraid of traveling. Maybe because it's like, oh, it's what's going to be out there. I'm especially outside of the U.S. Americans in general. I'm generalizing, but Americans are like outside of the U.S. It's scary. There's bad things, and everybody's going to get me. But when you go out there, I got to tell you, when I was in Vietnam, I had some of those feelings because I am, of course, American, right? So I get, I'm thinking about Vietnam, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to a communist country. The food, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to, I'm going to get arrested. Charge you know, your never come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to come back. You know, they're going to see, they're going to know I'm ex-military. They're going to get me. The people, people in Vietnam were the nicest people I have ever met in my life. I never felt more welcome there than I felt in any other place. It was just, despite how many people were there, I never felt in danger or afraid. And I, I was telling my dad the other day, I was telling him, in many cases, this sound, may sound controversial, but I felt safer in Vietnam than I do in my own country you know, yeah. for many reasons. You know, I come back to America, you know, like uh, looking over my shoulder over there. I was just another guy, you know, hanging out. No, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think most of the countries, uh, people respect human beings. Yeah. I have sometimes this feeling that it's in this country that we kind of lack respect for each other. Yeah. Yeah, but everywhere yeah. else, I mean, it's just, you know, there's a tremendous respect. And, you know, here we have issues with, oh, you're a photographer. What are you doing? You're stealing my soul. You're taking my pic. Nobody cares over there. I mean, take yeah. as many pictures as you want. I mean, there are some countries that will want a little money for it, but they'll still let you take the picture. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and it yeah. makes me think, I have never 
I've done some online things and there's times I've regretted spending the money on the online, but I've never traveled and done a photo outing and thought to myself, oh, I regretted that money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, I've never never come back saying, oh, wow, I wish I could have that money back. It's always, wow, I wish I, this could have lasted yes, another sir. couple of days. <laughs> and when can I go back? Yeah, and when, do, when can I get in the Lightroom and look at my images? Because, you know, I know I, I may have one or two good images in there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, cool. Well, Shiv, thank you for, for that. Tim Engel, what about you, man? What what do you have coming up? Other um, than what you, I mean, I know you, you told us at the top of the show, but recap it for us. Yeah. So this week we're in fashion week, um, you know, so shooting some of that stuff, just kind of like being involved in that community. And that's really what it is around here. It's the community. It's, you know, that I love to support. It's all the creatives from hair to makeup to models to designers. So it's, um, it's just a really cool time of year that everybody just does what they do and, and, and does it really well. Um, all right. Cool. And then I, th- I think we're about ready soon for uh, our show. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have our show coming up, which is fashion focus. So it's Christine and I talking about the fashion photography world from technology to style to makeup to models to hair to you know all the subjects in between. Yeah. So I yeah, think it's gonna be exciting. I, I think we're not far from that coming out. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yep. Yeah. Right. Right, boss. Yeah, that's, that's that's right. Yeah, it's uh, we, it's gonna be a big year for this week in photo. We've got lots of stuff coming out. We've got that fashion show coming out. We've got our drone show that's on the horizon. We've got the science of photography with Don Komarechka. Photo apps with Joseph Lanashki. We've got Rick Salmon and Juan Pons bringing their digital photo experience podcast into the TWIP network, as well as launching some other projects that I can't quite talk about yet, but uh, it's going to be exciting. So lots, the network is, it's getting bigger. Growing. Yeah, it is, it is growing. It's exciting to see this stuff happen. You know, it's amazing when you do, when you try to do cool and positive things with cool and positive people, it's fun. You know, it's a lot of work, but it's fun. It's not like, Okay, I got to go to work and sit mm-hmm. in this Monday morning stand-up meeting with my boss and justify my existence. We're working all the time on this, stuff, but it's really, really fun because we're doing what we love doing. So, yeah. And where are you stuff. going? Where are you going next, Frederick? My next trip is to I got to think about it. WPPI. So yeah. that's in Las Vegas. I'll be there, I guess, next month to uh, to hang out and check this out. So Bruce Bruce Clark, the host of Twip Weddings, is going. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be his cameraman. So I'm bringing bringing the DJI Osmo with me. We're going to mic him up and go attack different booths and record short interviews for TWIP. Awesome. uh, Awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to be the... I'm going to be a hired hand there holding the camera. (laughs) The grip. The key grip, Frederick. That's right. Hey, man. It's all hands on deck. Yeah. You get get to wear a crew shirt now. I do. I'm going to wear this shirt right here. This one. All right, guys, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And listeners, we are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our sponsors, Fresh Books, for their support of the show. Also, be sure to check out Out of Chicago. I'll be speaking there as well in the coming months. And be sure to, all this stuff is over on our website at thisweekinphoto.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to this channel on YouTube. Um, and on YouTube, be sure to, to comment and like and do all that good stuff. We appreciate that. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off.
Second Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.